Welcome to the VVV Podcast. Hi, Slava. Great to have you. Hi, it's me, Faisal. Can you hear me? Yes, Faisal. Welcome to our AMA. So I think we are complete, yeah? We are ready to start? Yes, absolutely, we are. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, then welcome to our Venture Chat AMA today with the project Entangle. My name is Andy and I'm really excited here to introduce our today's guests. So welcome to the co-founder and CEO, Faisal Merben, and the co-founder and chief innovation officer of Entangle, Slava Korolev. Gentlemen, thanks for joining our today's AMA. Pleasure. Thank you very much. And thank you for everybody for attending. Really appreciate you taking your time out your diaries and uh, a pleasure to be here. Awesome. Yeah. And thank you yeah, to the community for joining in. Uh, please don't forget to like and retweet these uh, Twitter spaces to spread the word about the project Entangle. And yeah, before we look closer under the hood of your project, um, let's start with an introduction of yourself. So Faisal, would you be so kind and tell us a little bit more about your background story and what brought you into the blockchain space? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So I've been in crypto since 2017, um, where I sort of, uh, in parallel, I was consulting uh, as a lead consultant at tier one investment banks on global uh, reg tech and fintech projects. And in parallel, I was very interested in, in the technology, Bitcoin, etc. And of course, uh, there was a massive bull run there, which, which attracted attention. And uh, so I uh, sort of started investing in the space and then the market crashed, which then led me, obviously, I lost a bit of money, etc. But I sort of went on a very deep educational journey, whereby I uh, enrolled at Oxford University for the blockchain strategy program in 2018. And there I met a number of founders, fund managers, researchers, people that took a deep interest in the space. And I built up a great network from there. And then from 2018 towards the end to 2021, it was very fortunate. I managed a small family and friends crypto-focused fund, particularly on infrastructure and DeFi, uh, which was very, very successful. But led me to look at the, the space from a from a many different perspectives because it wasn't just um, investing, it was also partaking and participating in networks, staking, yield farming, airdrops, and looking at really what makes a project very successful uh, within Web3 itself. So yeah, and then whilst doing that, and in particular, delving deeper and deeper into DeFi, I realized there's a lot of problems in the space itself, uh, especially with fragmentation of liquidity, and uh, capital efficiency, liquidity optimization in particular. So that led me to re really start researching. And uh, I've known Slava's brother for over three years and Slava now for over a year and a half. And Slava encountered similar problems to myself in the space. And then we sat down and we started really going deep into what is now Entangle. So yeah, I'll let Slava introduce himself, Andy, and then uh, we can go from there. Awesome. Hi, yeah. everyone. Thank you, Faisal. <laughs> ah, 
Hi, everyone. Thank you again, Andreas, for hosting us. And thank you, everyone, for attending this EMA. We're excited to be here. Uh, so my name is Slava. I'm the CIO or Chief Intelligence Officer of Entangle. I co-lead the dev team, and I, I'm also the project owner. And look, that everything is all right on the project side. <laughs> my background is in uh, computer science, having graduated from Chemnitz University in the eastern part of Germany back in the day. My background in crypto started, I think, in 2016, 17, mainly more from a research perspective, as I was really interested in uh, the different kind of blockchain tech and Oracle tech, especially. I think my journey really started when I delved very deep into the V1 Chainlink white paper, as I was very inspired how Sergey Nazarov, the Chainlink CEO, conceptualized Oracles as a rather philosophical subject rather than a very technical one. And I, and I did love that as I'm also an artist myself, but I'll come into that later. Then further uh, my journey, I researched pretty much every white paper before 2020, before the project really exploded and, and went deeper down into the rabbit hole and ran a few yield optimizers and trading bots as well on my side. Now on the part of yield farming, Back in the day, I was yield farming on the more exotic chains, such as Phantom, which is not so exotic anymore, and Tezos. And specifically with Tezos, I encountered a lot of issues. There's so much complexity, and it's not really user-friendly at all. I hope uh, no one had the pleasure <laughs> to yield from in Tezos. Um, and this is really what made me began to think, why isn't this easier? And this is really where uh, my brother noticed that I was doing all this stuff and he knew Faisal for a long time and he introduced us to each other and a little over one and a half year ago in Tangle Protocol, our golden child was born. Thank you, everyone. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, thank you. So can you tell us more about Entangle's mission and uh, how the project fits into the broader blockchain ecosystem? So which, which problem are you addressing? Yeah, I think uh, Entangle aims to really resolve all things liquidity. So the tagline for Entangle is liquidity resolved. And the reason why we chose that was simply because, you know, if you look at the origins of the space and how things have developed, we noticed a lot of uh, view chains, move chains, uh, you know, uh, different types of different blockchains emerging all with the premise or the promise of speed or finality, uh, you know, or scalability of some sort. Um, so what really, what you've got really is a, uh, an architecture of various L1, L2 blockchains, which are very, very great. Some of them are brilliant. However, there's not a lot of interconnectivity between these, you can call them countries, um, for the purposes of, maybe some some members of the audience that are new to crypto. And really what we saw was that liquidity was essentially fragmented, but then also kind of siloed within these individual ecosystems. And then you have these DeFi applications being built. You know, you had foundations who raised money that sponsored dApps or builders got very interested in building dApps. And, you know, some projects were bootstrapped with tokens, etc., and you had an onrush of different types of dApps within the same ecosystem. However, there was still this fragmentation issue. And then what that led to is a, is a, is a compounding effect of really 
capital efficiency for users themselves. So users, although to enter DeFi, you have to provide liquidity. That's the prerequisite to earn from DeFi. And we feel that, you know, as a result of this fragmentation, uh, there's, and the lack of tooling, there's, users are essentially capitally inefficient and the incentive for liquidity provision just isn't as optimized as it should be. Uh, and then that leads to a, the opposite side of that problem, you know, is, you know, it falls on, on protocols themselves where, you know, there's just a lack of liquidity retention as a result of this lack of capital efficiency. So what Entangle aims to do is really unify liquidity within the space to allow, especially not only omni-chain, but also intra-chain. You know, we need to resolve the problems at home first on each individual chain and to ensure that liquidity is optimized. So uh, if someone or a user is providing liquidity as a user, as an LP to a DEX on, on AVAX, for example, with their assets, aka LP tokens, they're able to then optimize that liquidity and, and have composability with their, with their asset in order to undertake further DeFi where users can earn and borrow, earn and earn. And then as a result, that incentive is there and, and, and retention of liquidity uh, liquidity retention probability increases for the actual protocol themselves. So I know I sort of elaborated on the answer there, but that is the kind of core focus and mission of Entangle. Thank you. Yeah. So <clears throat> maybe to break it down a little bit for the for the listeners that are not familiar with the with the DeFi space, um, there is currently a, a very hyped buzzword around the liquid staking derivatives and you know, the LSDs in the market. Could you could you explain in simple words what what is an LSD and how uh, raise this principle the the capital efficiency? Yes, absolutely. So a liquid staked derivative is essentially where the original asset is staked. So for example, you have Ethereum and you, you stake it within a protocol and you receive essentially a copy token of that, which is linked to your original asset. So for example, if I have, for example, gold, physical gold at a bank and I have a paper certificate to signal that I am the owner of that gold, uh, but it's not the gold itself, it's a certificate which proves my ownership, I can go somewhere and I can give that to a reputable company or another institution and I can lend against my asset. And if I default, then the holder is entitled to that certificate and that underlying gold inside the vault. Similarly, in crypto, if you stake your Ethereum in, in an ETH staked protocol, or ETH staking protocol, sorry, you, you basically get a copy token, STETH or staked ETH or whatever it may be, which is representing your asset. So if you go and borrow against your STETH or if you, you know, do some further DeFi against your STETH, which risks, which, you, which put, puts your investment at risk, then the, uh, the acceptor of that staked token has access to your original assets. And that is what LSDs essentially allow and why Entangle explores them at a very deep level. Because what we're, what we're essentially saying is that your original liquidity, you, that's deposited, that's being utilized by a protocol for the purposes of trading, etc. You're getting an LP token, which is a representation of your, of your asset that you've staked. This LP token now, 
what Entangle offers is almost a conversion to a liquid stake derivative, which will then represent your original staked asset, like the gold example that I gave. And you can then go and borrow against it and do some other, you know, interesting DeFi activities with. However, if you decide to put yourself in a position of risk, then there's an understanding that your original staked asset is at risk. So I hope that explains, you know, what, what we're trying to do with liquid stake derivatives whilst giving a very sort of uh, elaborate example of what an LSD is or a liquid stake derivative is. Yeah, that was, that was perfect. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So could you, could you walk us through a user journey when, let's say, a new user want to utilize uh, Entangle? Where, where can he start? So what, what is the initial, initial step and what are the, the, the further steps within the protocol? Uh, great question. Uh, so a normal user... Uh, let's say it is a liquidity provider on Trader Joe. He's an AVAX. He deposits AVAX slash USDC on Trader Joe, and he receives an LP token in return from Trader Joe. Rather than normally just taking the LP token on Trader Joe and receiving, what, 15% APR, where the journey would end, the user can go to Entangle and deposit the LP token there. What Entangle does then is that Entangle runs auto-compounders on the LP token, stakes it for the user, and gives a synthetic vault in return, AK and LSD, as Faisal had mentioned before. Now the user that has the LSD of the staked LP token effectively on AVAX can continue his journey either intra-chain on AVAX or on other chains. Currently, we have seven other chains integrated. Now the user can use it for further lending and borrowing, or for example, providing it to a, a protocol that needs liquidity, uh, such as uh, an options protocol or a, uh, another exotic kind of DeFi protocol, and therefore achieve capital efficiency and capital retention for the end protocols, hereby that the user is effectively either earning and earning or earning and borrowing at the same time. That's very interesting. Yes. So, um, could you could you elaborate a little bit more on this cross-chain functionality? Yes. So you mentioned uh, seven blockchains that are currently uh, connected. Uh, which which blockchains are available at the beginning, and what are the plans to to connect uh, additional blockchains in future? Yes, of course. So currently, we have connected on the basis of TVL. We wanted to get the highest TVL chains which are EVM, Ethereum Virtual Machine blockchains, uh, such as Ethereum, AVAX, Polygon, Phantom, Arbitrum, Optimism. I always forget the last one. <laughs> uh, so Fiesel, do you guess, remember yeah, the last one? <laughs> Binance? <laughs> yeah, Binance Smart Chain, exactly. Okay. <laughs> uh, and currently we also have... Um, Multiverse X as our first non-EVM blockchain to be integrated after Testnet V2 uh, incoming shortly. Uh, our further introductions to the Entangle framework is other uh, blockchains such as uh, Metis we're looking at or other higher TVL chains or also we are looking to expand 
more into the non-EVM ecosystem or into the Cosmos ecosystem. As you might know, there are rampant liquidity issues within the Cosmos ecosystem, and they are having a very high, hard time to, uh, to obtain CVL and then to utilize that in a very efficient way, which is probably why there is somehow of a lacking DeFi ecosystem there as of now. And we are huge supporters of the Cosmos. I see. Yeah, you you are connecting quite a lot of different ecosystems. Um, which uh, LP tokens will be supported in, in the platform? I think there are there are hundreds or thousands options here, and I think that must be somehow limited at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, we can't integrate a hundred thousand LP tokens. What we're really looking at. Legit protocols, I mean, that they have passed audits and they haven't been hacked and they have a good team behind them. And then that they have a popularity amongst users, that users actually use them and that they have a certain TVL threshold. I think we're setting the minimum currently at 3 million TVL for any liquidity pool. And just as an example of what we have done in the testnet we won, we have integrated Uniswap on Ethereum, PancakeSwap on Binance Smart Chain, QuickSwap on Polygon, Trader Joe and AVAX, Stargate, and a few others. Just the biggest protocols and the biggest pools of these. That's great to hear. Yeah. So um, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into into your ecosystem. So Entangle utilizes uh, so-called synthetic vaults. Um, could you explain what what are synthetic vaults and uh, how are they utilized in the architecture? Yes, of course. Uh, but before I continue, I, I think Faisal is requesting to speak and is currently on another account. If ah, you okay. could please. Just, just a second. Just a second. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Maybe he dropped out. <laughs> hey, Faisal, are you back? Can you hear me, Faisal? I think he's requesting from another account to speak. Hi, I'm I'm here now. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Apologies. I'm I'm home okay. and set now, so yeah, it should be a lot easier. Okay. <laughs> no, no problem. Yeah. I can hear you loud and clear. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into the architecture of Entangle. So uh, let's start maybe with this synthetic vaults. Um, and and their role in in the ecosystem. Yeah, so I think what we decided to do, <clears throat> Andreas, was that we basically decided to launch a testnet which connected, I believe, seven or eight different blockchains, including Phantom, Ethereum, Optimism, Arbitrum, Binance Smart Chain, and, 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 and some others as well that I can't exactly recall at the top of my head right now. So we, we decided to include all of those and all the premier DEXs and Polygon as well, uh, and their premier DEXs, which were the main DEXs on those particular layer ones or layer twos. And then we decided to then issue uh, LSDs based on the LPs of those DEXs for testnet. And that really gave us a great foundation to then explore uh, and have conversations with various DEXs on different protocols, the foundations themselves, to really showcase that Entangle itself 
is a facilitative infrastructure. It's there to design to help and not try to take away, you know, developer resources or, you know, other types of resources away from these L1s or L2s. Really, it's there to support and enhance liquidity and resolve liquidity issues. And that was very, very successful. So moving forward, we are currently speaking and also working very closely with the likes of Multiverse X, uh, which also are, uh, you know, part of our seed infrastructure round through their infrastructure fund. We're also planning on in integrating uh, a protocol and some other uh, non-EDM chains to showcase that the architecture is truly uh, delivers on both types of blockchains, both EVM and non-EVM. <clears throat> and what we're going to do then is uh, integrate, as we move towards Testnet V2, these, we will start to integrate additional networks. <clears throat> and we're also upgrading our contracts to proxy smart contracts, which will essentially allow us to add unlimited number of uh, partner protocols based on all of these L1s, L2s. However, we are approaching this in a very, you know, with, with method behind the madness and going and ensuring that we're building adequate partnerships on the other side of the equation as well. So if you look at the LSDs as the, uh, as the middle layer, to the left, we have DeFi protocols and yield-bearing protocols uh, like DEXs. Then we have the Entangle LSDs in the middle. And then to the right, we're, we're currently very busy building and partnering with different protocols to build functionality for the acceptance of these LSDs. So if you go back to Slava's use case, um, you know, he mentioned that the user acquires the synthetic vault or the liquid stake derivative, however you want to label it and then can deposit it for further borrowing. So currently we're speaking to Grain Refinance, KeyDAO, and some others that we can't mention at the moment due to us, uh, you know, just promising to keep things under wraps whilst we work on things and how how the Oracle solution integrates with pricing, etc. I'm sure Slava will talk more about that from a technical perspective. But we are sort of slowly moving through ecosystem by ecosystem and ensuring that there's utility on all of the chains that we're connected to. So I hope that answers your question. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned uh, partnerships and I think the success of the project relies also on those uh, strong partnerships. And uh, could you tell us a little bit more about uh, the existing partnership landscape and also maybe about the benefits for an ecosystem to utilize Entangle? What, what is the incentive for them to, to uh, use this platform? Yeah, so I think with Entangle, uh, fortunately for us, um, it's very hard work, but it's, it's, it's a monster of a, of, a, of a proposition. So we're very fortunate that it naturally creates many layers for partnerships and different types of verticals. And just before I go into the partnerships, it's also very narrative ready as, a, uh, as an ecosystem. So, for example, we're currently exploring connecting to ZK instances and rollups and ZK polygons, ZK BNB, which really will be a big narrative <clears throat> moving forward. So we're preparing for that already. We are already very much naturally and very organically in the, in the depths of the LSD narrative. I think the Oracle narrative will, will uh, really blossom to be massive too, with uh, chain link charging, new structuring of fees, and, and just various different types of problems that 
you know, Chainlink is fantastic and we love Chainlink, but it can't cover all of the niches that need to be solved. We believe that we're dealing with some of those niches. So the Oracle narrative is also covered and many other narratives that, you know, we, we foresee by being this middleware sort of layer, you know, we're positioning ourselves very well to take advantage of these narrative trains when they do leave the stations. So moving onwards to more specifically to your question, I think the partnership, you know, aspect is very important. Um, and what we did therefore was build the testnet V1 so we can establish very, very good partnerships. We've built partnerships with all of the eight connected chains. However, some of them, and I'll be very transparent, are, are light partnerships at the moment. Some of them are full partnerships. Some of them are light, but they will translate to full partnerships post-audit. The contingency on those being full co-marketing partnerships are based on us requiring audits. And we, my own background coming from reg tech, fintech, you know, audits are massively part of the plans. It's just that it's going to be a, a grotesque waste of money if we decide to do audits now and not later down the line once we've had our upgraded contracts. So with those uh, eight connected chains, we have also branched out and started to build fantastic relationships with Telos, Metis, and a few other new layer ones. Uh, we're also speaking to Say uh, and, and others, which I can't commit to at the moment in terms of name dropping. Uh, and then based off that, we also have partnerships based on the DEXs, and all the yield-bearing protocols that we're connecting to. We then have build, we then are building partnerships with lending and borrowing protocols. We're potentially approaching binary option protocols uh, and some other interesting use cases uh, in terms of what we can do with the liquid stake derivatives. And then just as, a, as another branch of partnerships, obviously our Oracle solution is unique and it offers protocols facilities that they don't normally have and we believe a much more cost-efficient environment to execute uh, different types of cross-chain contracts. So we are already inviting a number of protocols to test our V2 solution and our Oracle uh, and just doing some R&D with them to get them involved, to get them to launch spotter contracts on the, on the Entangle chain and, and utilize our Oracle uh, and, and, and see the benefits there. So there's a whole plethora of partnerships. Uh, we are, we're needing to hire in that department because it's a very burdensome area uh, which requires a lot of resource. And then we don't want to also just build partnerships for the sake of logo exchanges. So we are prioritizing internally because we have to balance the workload on the, on, on the tech team as well and not just start announcing frivolous partnerships week in, week out, which don't lead anywhere and just to, under the guise of a logo exchange. So we are sort of um, making sure that the partnerships that we have, we can service, and then we prioritize them, and then we take them through the transition of time. So over the next six to eight months, we have a real clear process. Okay, L1, DEX, this is the process of connectivity, we're building out our solution as well to ensure that partnerships can be serviced in short time. So at the same time as doing BD, there's also a massive uh, sort of mechanism in how that BD clicks into the entangled picture. And that is also being worked on in parallel to acquiring partnerships. 
that's that's really impressive yeah so i think that's also the right way yeah, to to demonstrate the partners with the testnet that uh, you are capable of building this structure and uh, if you if you have a look on the different building blocks within your ecosystem i think it's also impressive to see uh, what you guys are building currently because it's yeah <laughs> similar to, to different other projects like Layer Zero, or I see also uh, some similar similarities with XLR, for example, yeah, as a liquidity hub. So, could you could you um, tell us a little bit more about those competing uh, projects? Uh, how how is uh, Entangle different to let's say Layer Zero or XLR? Yes, uh, sure thing. Uh, but before maybe I explain the differences, maybe I can explain more so how we are built and why we built it. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, we, so we initially started building an Oracle solution because we quickly found out that doing synthetic vaults on many blockchains, eight blockchains, it would just be impossible <laughs> with uh, the current infrastructure we researched, Chainlink, uh, Liga Zero wasn't even born back in the day, um, but that also is not usable for us. And Polkadot and subchains and AVAX and a number of other solutions. And we just found that that one most importantly thing that the complexity of our DAP cannot just can just not be hosted anywhere on any current Oracle solution. And number two, even if we somehow found a way to engineer Chainlink th through Magic to work with synthetic vaults. It would just be very cost inefficient as Chainlink charges a minimum fee of 70 cents even on low-cost gas chains such as Matic. And we ran a cost-benefit analysis, and if we acquire significant CVL, I think it was something like it would require us burning at least half a million dollars in gas fees. <laughs> so we quickly realized that that would be infeasible and that we will have to build our own Oracle solution. And our Oracle solution is something called an externally verifiable Oracle solution. What does that exactly mean? It means we have essentially three components. We have protocols such as us, we have our blockchain, and then we have keepers. Keepers deliver information between, for example, other blockchains and entangled blockchain or any other API source, for example, off-chain source, such as a bank or a website or anything that isn't blockchain related. So what essentially happens is that a majority of keepers download information from all these different kinds of sources. They port it to Entangle blockchain where our logic for synthetic vaults is written for all these eight blockchains. Then we have the validators looking towards that. A majority of keepers are in agreement with each other. For example, that seven out of 10 keepers have said this, have said exactly the same thing. And then, depending on what the keepers have said, then an event is generated. An example of an event is, for example, if Bitcoin hits $20,000, we need to liquidate Ethereum on Polygon Network. That's just an example of any event that can be made for smart contract automation. Now, keepers will aggregate information from Entangled Blockchain to an Entangled Endpoint on Polygon Network, in this case. This is where we, again, have a majority consensus where we looked at a majority of keepers and remit with each other and we execute the event to liquidate Ethereum in this case. 
Now, if we talk about key differences, I think it's very important to know that whatever we compute of information, we do it on Insango blockchain. We don't do it on our local computers or through a distributed network of computers, which is not blockchain related. Everything happens on chain and is transparent, which can be uh, downloaded by anyone as it's a public. Now what Chainlink does uh, is that they run computation off chain where they have a majority of keepers reaching consensus with each other and selecting one leader keeper to deliver information to any blockchain. Now, if we talk about layer zero, I know this is an oversimplification. Layer zero is essentially an SDK built on top of Chainlink. So what they can do is pairwise general messaging or bridging, for example, we need to message from AVAX to Polygon or from Polygon to Ethereum. And this is what Layer Zero excels at and they're very good at. And what Entangle can do into the contrary, we can message to as many chains as we want at the same time. Now, you also asked about Axelar. Axelar is a, we really like Axelar actually ourselves. Axelar are doing a lot of the same things as we are doing, but albeit in a, a little bit different way. Uh, Axelar are also building on top of Cosmos SDK as we are, but they're not imbuing EVM compatibility in the sense that you can write contracts in solidity on Axelar. On Entangle, we imbue the Ethermit module, which allows us to write smart contracts in solidity, whereas on Axelar, you have to write in Cosmwasm or Rust. We find that there are a little, small, small problems with that just because there's very, very few developers which know Rust or Cosmwasm, and there's even fewer developers which excel at these languages just because they are so complex and rather new compared to Solidity. And we believe that gives a great developer-friendly environment on our side. Another key difference between Axelar and Entangle is that Axelar still goes towards somewhat of a one-size-fits-all solution, but I don't believe in that. I don't think that's fair to say at all. Uh, but whereas we go for complete flexibility, so what an end protocol can do with Entangle is rather than using any subset amount of keepers, for example, 10 keepers, they can choose the amount of keepers that they want to use. Because not every data is equally important and not every data is equally as delicate. For example, a bank or any very delicate DeFi protocol would, would want to really make sure to secure that everything is completely accurate. And that's where they would use a lot of keepers, even though it's more expensive, and also a higher threshold mechanism at algorithm, for example, that 100% of keepers need to be in agreement with each other. We allow all for that also for protocols that want to go a little bit of the cheaper route because maybe the data isn't as significantly important and they can also select the amount of keepers and also the threshold consensus mechanism to also uh, make it cheaper for them. I hope that answered the question in a somewhat way and apologize for the somewhat complexity. I try to uh, bring it down to the human level, but uh, I find it very difficult. Yeah, you did a, a great job <laughs> on explaining it. Yeah, uh, it's it's really a complicated uh, topic, and you explained it pretty well. Yeah, so thank you, thank you. 
So in, in terms of the keepers, yeah, the role of the keepers within the, the system, so I think it's, it's quite one essential uh, functionality to trust the keepers. Um, what are the, the measures in terms of security and reliability of the Oracle solution? Um, how, how will you ensure that the keepers are honest in the system? Oh, that's a great question, but uh, I'm afraid that it will bring more complexity to answer that to that question. However, I will give my complexity. best. complexity. <laughs> okay, just to give two examples. Uh, the first example is when keepers aggregate information to entangle blockchain. And the second example is when keepers aggregate information to an external blockchain, any other blockchain and entangled really. So on the background, we run full KYC and keepers. Uh, this is not just some no name. It has to be some a corporation or company or a person uh, which have done the relevant KYC or KYD. And uh, after that, we also require keepers to stake an amount of entangled tokens uh, in order to secure uh, financial incentives and that these can be slashed. And also... Additionally, we are also requiring keepers to deposit an amount of entangled tokens whenever they are aggregating information. Just to give you an example, uh, for the sec second example, uh, keepers from entangled blockchain are aggregating information to Polygon Network. We have 10 keepers, and the end protocol has said uh, each keeper must deposit $5,000 worth of entangled tokens because it's a very sensitive information, and I need to make sure that no one is lying. Now, each of those keepers, when they're delivering information to an entangled endpoint and Polygon network, in their tr transaction of information delivery, they also need to deposit $5,000 worth of entangled tokens. And what happens after is that we, uh, we have uh, the executor module, which is controlled by the protocol, which can either refuse or accept the transaction. They look for hey, seven out of 10 keepers have said the same thing, but three out of 10 keepers are lying. What happens then is that those three keepers which are lying, they're unfortunately going to lose their entangled tokens. And henceforth, we're also incentivizing the truthfulness by keepers this way. I hope that uh, answered your question. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. So, um, yeah, diving into this entangled tokens. So, except uh, of of the slashing of uh, inhonest uh, keepers, what what else is the utility in the ecosystem for the tokens? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think um, entangle is one of those projects which which genuinely requires a token. So, one of the core functionalities of the token is to validate and secure the blockchain. And that can also be via delegation or by running a node. It's also used for, uh, you know, to, to put up a stake as entangled keepers. And then it's also used for uh, gas as the on the entangled blockchain. And then it's also utilized for emissions uh, that are paid. So rewards are going to always be, is real revenue modeling that we've done but it's uh, by by buybacks of uh, or by purchasing entangled tokens which will then be distributed as uh, as revenue so those are the key 
And later on, we are thinking, although the word DAO is used uh, very widely and doesn't have the best of reputations at times, but I think Entangle, really the way things are shaping up from a the kind of the, the sort of vast ecosystem that's being built, the, the, there is a very clear use case for voting for the likes of which protocols we should be connecting for LSD purposes, which we should be adding for the purposes of you know connecting for the acceptance or or use cases, secondary tertiary utilities for for LSDs, and for potentially other <clears throat> other verticals too, like the Oracle solution itself. So we are exploring that as a as a further further utility for for the token. Awesome, awesome. So as far as I understood it right, the, the whole Oracle solution that you are building um, was born out of necess necessity because the existing solutions didn't fit yeah, to, to build yeah. your DeFi ecosystem. But uh, now after you've built this, this new Oracle infrastructure, do you have any plans for the future to utilize uh, these this Oracle services for other use cases? Besides DeFi, yeah, absolutely. And Slava can talk a bit more on the use cases themselves. But I think definitely, what we want to do is keep things fresh in in in, in the crypto world. It's it's very 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 important for communities to receive, you know, new technical integrations, use cases, etc. And the 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 whole you know, the the advantage of what we're building with Entangle is that there's a whole world that's open up to us. I mean, just, we do have some R&D sessions every week in-house for, you know, an hour or two where we do plan what we're going to be doing. Are we going to be building our own yield optimizer? We did initially plan for a cross-chain stablecoin backed by the original LPs, which backed the LSDs. Um, so yes, there, there is a plan definitely to to offer this type of B two B solution uh, on the on the on the Oracle at mass. However, what we don't want to do is sell the entire dream or or present not sell but present the entire dream right now and and you know and because that's just simply not achievable. So we do have plans, and that's why the way we're addressing this or moving towards this goal is by establishing a very robust V2, uh, which which will then allow some behind-closed-doors testing, some open-doors testnet testing of the Oracle solution with select partners who are very excited by what we're building. And then through that process, are we going to then establish the actual standard or the protocol or the, or, or the, or the way that will be functioning as a service Because we can only build a service as a okay. Here's some documentation. Here's the SDK and the you know the, or the you know the 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 instructions on how and how to achieve this. And we need to make sure that process is as seamless as possible, and it competes with other you know prominent Oracle solutions in the space. So we are very excited at really testing through the Oracle solution with our partners and intended partners. And once we drive through that process in an efficient way, we will then build an offering around that. And that could be something very, very valuable. And we do believe it's very valuable. We just don't want to be um, emphasizing that part of 
of of the ecosystem too loudly just yet. But just for the purposes of those who took their time out, uh, you know, tonight in the audience and, and of course, you know, our friends at VDV, uh, yes, that is something definitely we see as a massive potential. We see niches within within the Oracle market that we can definitely target that the others aren't covering. And yeah, I'm sure Slava would love to talk about some of those niches and use cases. May I spill the beans about Multiverse X, Faisal? Um, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, as you might know, uh, Multiverse X have, uh, as Faisal mentioned earlier, invested into Entangle uh, from their ecosystem fund and as well from their uh, infrastructure fund, History Vision. They did it from... Um, uh, <clears throat> they did it because they lacked an Oracle solution and established one. Uh, they just currently integrated Chainlink finally after years of waiting. But really the problem was that their protocols didn't really have a usable Oracle solution that was cost-efficient. And that forced them to use centralized scripts. And that made a lot of security risks for their protocols. And even now that they can use Chainlink. It is very expensive. Also, Chainlink is amazing. It just costs a lot in their runway. And this is one of the reasons that Multiverse X um, has come up and supported us greatly uh, throughout the term uh, with their ecosystem fund and uh, infrastructure fund. And just further speaking down the line, uh, maybe I can mention a few use cases of uh, what our Oracle solution is targeting. We are mainly targeting smart contract automation and complex smart contract automation, which is happening cross-chain. What I mean with that is if you have, for example, a cross-chain DEX or a lending and borrowing protocol or a derivatives or an options protocol, suddenly you can make cross-chain dependencies one example could be that you don't need to host liquidity on every single chain. You could just drive through it by having the logic set, set centrally inside Entangle blockchain that can trigger whatever, whenever someone wants to handle a transaction on one chain because Entangle Oracle Solution can take care of that by allowing such complexity. That's that's really exciting to hear, yeah? so. I, I agree yeah, with Faisal yeah, that uh, it makes sense yeah, to, to keep focused on the, on the initial use case. But uh, when I hear those uh, visions for the future of this Oracle, I see there is uh, a huge potential yeah, for future applications yeah, to, to utilize the Oracle platform as well. So yeah, really I exciting. Might as, I might add as well... Um... As Faisal mentioned before, we are working with a few lending and borrowing protocols, some which cannot be named yet. But what we, we really discovered that there's a big niche market that certain Oracle providers have not targeted yet or even ventured into. And this is aggregating um, t specialized TWAP prices of LP tokens to every blockchain to be used. And this is why we are currently working with number of lending and borrowing protocols that want to integrate LP tokens and synthetic vaults on how to exactly make sure that we can aggregate a TWAP price of the underlying LP token and make it as secure as possible so there can be no manipulation made on their lending and borrowing protocol. So this is for sure something that we will really target in the future. But as Faisal mentioned, we just 
going towards synthetic vaults now, really focusing on that. Maybe we don't want to keep the lid too open on that just yet. Excellent. So I see we, we also got some questions from the community. So if you don't mind, I'd like to also uh, ask some of those questions. Um, so Joseph is asking why LP tokens have never been used as a collateral so far within the ecosystem of the chains they have been issued on. Very interesting. I'm sure Slava would love to talk more about that. Uh, I think it's a good question. Actually, I think three years ago, we spoke with a few lending and borrowing protocols. They were actually experimenting on that in 2020, but then they kind of gave up on that uh, just because like gas transaction fees were so high and DeFi was very nascent still. And then no one really knew what they were doing. And then I think there was a few protocols that tried it. And then they obviously got manipulated out of existence also because the Oracle infrastructure at that time was very, very new. And since then, it was kind of a topic that everyone else forgot about. I think just speaking to a few lending and borrowing protocols and here we are today and still some people are wary because essentially it requires a very, very intelligent way how you do TWAP. Because right now, if you, uh, for example, on Ethereum, just to give you an example, if you just take the TWAP price that Uniswap gives you on-chain and call that, it's not necessarily accurate as possible because it doesn't have the necessary block lag that one would require in order to do build a lending and borrowing solution on top of that LP token. You would need, for example, a very high, highly specialized TWAP prices combining three different TWAP prices and then combining something that you calculate off-chain based on centralized exchanges, aggregated prices to measure up an LP token and aggregate an average value of these towards making some kind of reliable value for the lending and borrowing protocol. And this is really what we're trying to solve silently in the back room together with our uh, lending and borrowing protocols that we're working in order to make it as secure as possible. It's really interesting, yeah. So as as far as I understood, there is no one else trying to build a, a similar solution currently. Do you see any any competition in with a with a with the same concept at the moment? I mean, uh, I think there. Oh. Go ahead, Slava. Go ahead. I think, uh, for example, Dia and Pythia are building uh, excellent TWAP prices for relevant assets, uh, which are uh, single assets, such as Bitcoin or Ethereum, which are working very good for lending and borrowing protocols. But as of yet, we actually have not seen any Oracle solution really venturing into this field and uh, trying uh, to make an accurate TWAP price for an LP token that can be used for lending and borrowing protocols. That's amazing, yeah. So I think that also fits quite well to the to the to another question here. So how is the monetary value of the XLSDs calculated given that LPs can suffer from impermanent loss? And would this add extra risk to using them as collateral for loans? So the way that a synthetic vault is calculated is A times B, whereas A is the 
LP token price currently, which is done by TWAP, and then times B, which is the ratio of synthetic volts to LP tokens, which we aggregate uh, once, I believe, it's every uh, 15 or 30 minutes, depending on the chain and depending on the APR of the LP token itself. If it's very high, then we aggregate it more, and if it's low, then we aggregate it less because it won't have any impact. All right, all right. So uh, I think, Faisal, you mentioned um, a future introduction of a synthetic stable coin. Um, currently, there are many discussions around uh, regulatory risks. Um, maybe we could touch a little bit on that topic. Yeah, how, how do you see the development currently internationally in terms of DeFi regulations? And what is your outlook on the space? Yeah, absolutely. So we did, we did have plans, and we do still have plans for launching potentially a cross-chain stablecoin, which will then really, really complete the solution from one vertical in terms of lending and borrowing side. But we are actually talking to very able and very willing partners to to build out certain solutions and certain you know, and and it's great that we're actually ventured down that avenue because. You know, it's really um, focused us to work on on some of the issues that Slava just touched on. But in terms of the the, the stablecoin, we did take a little step back because one, uh, there was slightly a concern because we were obviously building a lot with the blockchain, the Oracle, and also the the uh, synthetic native DAP. So we just we just thought, okay, let's just park that for now, and. The second reason was, obviously, of course, the, the regulatory space with the U.S. And, and other jurisdictions coming forward, potentially not looking very favorably at stablecoins. However, in, within the architecture, just speaking to some legal friends and having a legal background myself, actually, initially, uh, I sort of, you know, I see the fact that it's fully collateralized. It's not algorithmic. The mechanisms behind the coin it's definitely not a lunar or, you know, or, or some of the other initiatives that are out there. So it's a very straightforward case of, okay, if we liquidate all of the synth vaults, the LSDs, we'll get a certain value of LPs. If we, if we liquidate the LPs or the synth LPs, it's the same thing. We have a certain dollar value and, and there should be no more entangled USD in circulation versus that value at any one point in time which I'm just really simplifying this. There's a lot of mathematics, of course, that goes behind it. So, yeah, we we have planned out architecture. We do see that as a possibility. We see potentially going down a yield optimization route as a possibility with Uni V3 being quite interesting for us. Um, and also potentially we're looking at some very abstract use cases, potentially a lottery use case where LSD holders all sort of submit their APRs into a bucket, which gets, which can then get disseminated as a lottery to uh, one winner per day, which if the TVL is high enough, could be massive. So there's there are th certain things that we're working on. You know, we've got a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and a plan D. So, and we're very very confident that there's, you know, there's a there, there, there's a demand for whatever vectors and whatever direction that we're looking at. But we're just using this time to talk to partners to do some market research and then really decide, you know, as long alongside these partnerships, what is the sort of 
second and third product that Entangle wants to launch come Q1 next year. So that is something that we're working towards. And, and these BD partnership conversations are definitely helping us define that direction. Yeah, that's that's a really good uh, concept, yeah, to to be flexible for the future, yeah. Also depending on, on new regulations that maybe come up in, in the next years. So I think that's a, a very good uh, concept also in terms of the risk here yeah, for the project. Yeah. So it's it's not a mandatory thing to make Entangle successful. Um, and yeah, if there is a, a, a more clearer uh, regulatory framework available there, yeah, then it's maybe also easier yeah, to implement this. In, in, in the right way. Yeah? Awesome, awesome. So I we are close to one hour now within the, the AMA, time flies. So I want to be respectful of your time. So maybe we can um, take one or two more questions before we wrap it up. Would this be okay for you? Sure thing. Please, yeah. Perfect, perfect. So we we already touched on this uh, cross chain functionalities yeah of of your network so when we look back on on the biggest hacks yeah in the in the web free space they are mainly related to bridge hacks yeah and cross chain uh, protocols yeah um could you tell us a little bit how entangle will tackle these cross chain risks or how you will be able to improve this uh, bridging issue? Uh, yes, for sure. Um, if we take the example of, for example, Rona, Ronin or Ronine, uh, I don't know how it's pronounced. Uh, I think there was a very famous hack on the Harmony uh, blockchain. I think that was a year ago. Uh, if we look at this, this was more of a social hack uh, where they um, penetrated their emails and got access to the servers. And the fact was that they had a minority of validators and even then these validators was not very decentralized. What we do in Entangle is that of course we mimic, uh, not mimic, sorry, <laughs> minimize risks by ensuring full decentralization of these validators that they all don't run on the same Amazon web server in Frankfurt. And we also limit the amount of validator slots that each validator provider, infrastructure provider can have. We do that in the same way on the keeper side. So they don't all use the same service. They're probably distributed across Europe, Asia, or America. And we also encourage them to use smaller providers, not the big players such as ABS, Google, but maybe some smaller good providers. So it's not all just run on Amazon web servers in the end. But I really think the key thing here is minimize the amount of validators than each uh, and, and keepers that each uh, service provider can have. And then also the fact that we run a majority of keeper system. We don't just use one keeper to aggregate information between A and B and C. We use a majority of keepers, for example, 10 keepers, and we run a threshold consensus mechanism with an additional backstopper through an executor module, which has its own Oracle. And the executor model can either just refute the transaction or accept the transaction, given that the majority of keepers have not been compromised. 
I know this is, was again a complex explanation. I apologize. <laughs> no, perfectly explained. Thank you. <laughs> it's it's good to see that you that you are competent, yeah, and have the knowledge yeah, to to address also those those topics, yeah, which are very essential. I think also for the trust level, yeah, into the platform. Because uh, I think a single hack can destroy the reputation yeah, of, of the entire ecosystem. And so it's, it's quite important yeah, to, to uh, have something uh, already in place yeah, to prevent those problems. So it's good to hear. Um, let's, let's touch a completely different thing. Yeah? So I've seen that uh, Entangle is, is really active on Twitter and also on their Discord with community engagement and different competitions. So how important is, is the community aspect for your future access? And how can users or listeners uh, contribute also to, to your testnet, for example, or to different things? Yes. So I think some of the marketing initiatives that have recently been launched are fantastic, uh, especially with Thread Wars. I think we have 20, 25 of the space's top writers you know, really up-and-coming writers, writing threads, competing for a prize. And really, recently, we've, we've launched some great initiatives for whitelisting, for airdrops, and that includes, you know, rewarding those people or those community members that are active on the Discord, on the, you know, speaking channels or community channels. And with, we're also setting tasks, we're inviting users to create memes or to to partake in different types of activities which will then drive up their rankings etc and then they will be considered for an airdrop which we are you know launching and the airdrop is structured where you know some whitelists are being given out for v1 some will be given for v2 and then we will lead uh, or leave the remaining for v3 and throughout that transition rewards are compounded so if you are a user of v1 and v2 and then you're also uh, partaking mainnet then you'll get an amplification on your rewards so that is how the airdrop has been set up i think really we didn't purposely pursue marketing very heavily over the last few months because we wanted to firstly demonstrate a product number two we wanted to get closer to v2 where there's more interesting things happening uh, where users are going to be able to stake their test us uh, test synthetic lps or test liquid stake derivatives into contracts and borrow against it as we're working with one or two of our partners to to uh, build a private instance of lending and borrowing solutions so yeah there will be plenty for communities to do i think really this is uh, alongside having a genuinely great product uh, you need a genuinely great community it does not go one or one or the other is definitely hand in hand and often without naming any protocols in particular but i've seen technology which i probably wouldn't defy on myself or wouldn't undertake defy on uh, you know are in the billions of dollars market cap because they've done a brilliant job marketing uh, you know and building a community so i think that's something that we're really going to be driving forward over the next few weeks uh, the, the last the last months have been really about product-focused, some type of flavor into what we're building, allowing people or users or community members to get a piece of the pie via an airdrop, and that's just going to intensify. And really, we're building some fantastic uh, initiatives for community members 
over the next few weeks and and anybody who's there helping us early will you know will definitely be rewarded and we're really looking forward to to building a very tight knit community that can support each other uh, throughout the journey and we know in crypto there's you know there's cold winters and very warm summers so uh, we need a community that you know will share all seasons with us that's that's brilliant to hear yeah so i i also spent some time on your discord and yeah i i really like uh, the, the 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 style and also the the communities that you build yeah they are really organic and not uh, overhyped yeah like like you see it in in other servers yeah that are just harvesting engagement for the airdrop yeah so they're really uh good good conversations in place and i think that's that's also important yeah not to uh, maximize the user count but also the quality of the of the community itself yeah so congratulations absolutely on that. Yeah, and also even with our partners, we tend to always ensure that even the announcements that we give them to quote RT or RT or push on their side, we are very adamant that we almost want to have an audit-like tone in how we approach. We're, we're not in the business of just shilling. You know, some of these are exploratory concepts. Some things we're designing, some are going through R&D, some things we're very certain about. So ultimately, you know, we, we want to not, Uh, overpromise and underdeliver. If if anything, we're as you pointed out, we're we're sort of uh, working with the with the opposite in mind. Amazing, amazing. So you you've mentioned uh, Testnet One is currently live and Testnet Two is already in preparation. What are the the most exciting milestones uh, in the upcoming months? And mm -hmm. is there anything else you want to share before we we close the AMA? Yeah, so Andreas, I think really um, Testnet V1, we had to actually even design how we built that because we didn't want to engage existing assets within the ecosystem. So, for example, we couldn't ask users with existing LPs to to basically take part in a testnet. So we what we did was we airdropped USDC to users and then we also... Using test USDC, we booked a number of LPs on Stargate, uh, QuickSwap, etc. And then we created LSDs of those LPs, which correlated one-to-one. -one. And then what we essentially created was an open marketplace for a Polygon user or an AVAX user to position into uh, an LP on any of the connected chains. So it's like a cross-chain synth LP marketplace is what we built And that's because of the limitations of, of test assets that we had to use and not real assets. What we're doing for V2 as we transition over the next four or five weeks is that we are basically launching our blockchain node in Oracle, uh, where we're getting protocols to test, not just users. And then we are also looking now, we will be evaluating over the next week to build out some private instances of lending and borrowing solutions potentially on, on each chain that we're connected to, where then users with their test LPs or test LSDs can then deposit them and borrow test USDC against it so they can partake in some lending and borrowing activities. So we are going to be ramping up those different verticals in V2. V2 is quite expansive, so we're just maybe we're going to be launching V2 and then V2.1, 2.2, 
as opposed to launching all of it together. Or we might just wait for a couple of more weeks and launch it as one. Those those conversations are happening internally at the moment, and we will be completing those decisions and strategizing and, and concluding very soon. However, V2 is very exciting. You know, we'll start to see network, test, test activity network. We'll be able to see, you know, how the front end is looking, how the blockchain, the node, Oracle's functioning, the types of use cases that Slava just mentioned and spoke about. Uh, and yes, through V2, we then want to continue this, this type of marketing and community aspect that we've really started to zoom in on very slightly, but then zoom in slightly more. And then we want to run V2 with, as I mentioned, potentially additions to the V2 testnet. So there's more and more aspects that users and protocols can test before we move on towards mainnet, which is we're targeting August, but we may use September as a, as a month to, to just fall into if we need to do some extensive testing post audit, because we are planning audits, multi, uh, dual audits from two independent firms. And based on the results of which we would have to go back and remediate any potential issues before we launch. So those are the sort of mid-level milestones. And of course, we have started a great sort of communication journey on, on, on Twitter, especially. So we do communicate our dev milestones, our plans, you know, thread wars, airdrops, do stay glued to the Twitter, do retweet, like, support the channel, and definitely you'll be you'll be there first, uh, and you'll be getting all the saucy information from from the socials for sure. Awesome, awesome, yeah! I can't wait here yeah, to to test the platform. Yeah, so I'm I'm sure that many of our listeners are also interested here yeah, to participate in in the test nets. Um, so, how can we find informations? Um, should should we focus on Twitter, on your Discord? Um, mm -hmm. Where where is the right place to go? So I think Discord's a great place to go. We have uh, Rod's on the on, on on the actual yeah he's listening in. So we have Rod, who's uh, helping us with business development. You know we have myself, Slava. We have some of our development team. Andres probably sleeping now, but he's our tech program lead. I've actually asked him to be slightly more active in Discord this today, actually, because we just realized this, some of the nature of questions coming through are more technical. And me and Slava are busy with other things, so we need one or two more members of the team there from a technical side. So, yeah, feel free to raise a ticket in Discord. Feel free to reach out to me directly. I couldn't dial in from my personal Twitter today, although I'm not a big Twitter user. I do have an account. Uh, do DM us on, on, on Entanglefy Twitter. And yeah, follow Twitter very closely. Discord is where it's happening. Telegram is great, but we're really focusing more on Discord. It's quite arduous to run two community channels uh, at the same time. So maybe we will shift the emphasis more towards Discord and then take a vote for the community of where, where they want to see more of our efforts. Uh, yeah, so any anything you need to know, just raise a ticket. Anybody who wants to get involved in any way, we are also running a validator infrastructure rounds round at the moment where, you know, it's an opportunity to run uh, a node and a keeper or a node or a keeper uh, or both. So that is something that we're also working on. One of the verticals is actually to secure the network. So we've got some very, very good um, validator node operators already given us the green light and we've already shaken hands on, on some validators coming in. But of course, the more dispersed, the more decentralized that process is. Uh, it's just going to be much better for for entangle for the community for 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 the, anybody building on top and any of the users. 
So that is another vertical that we're focusing on. And I'm sure, Andreas, we can, we can always talk more about that as well. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, we will also post uh, all the links yeah, to your socials uh, on our server for the community. And uh, yeah, I, I encourage everyone listening, yeah, get in touch, uh, join the server and, and just uh, read through the informations that are provided, engage in the discussions and be prepared also yeah, for the next testnet. Yeah, so I think that will be of, of, of benefit for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Faisal, Slava, thank you very much for your time. So it was really a pleasure yeah, hosting you today. And I'm, I'm really excited yeah, to see a bright future yeah, for the Entangle network. Likewise, Andreas, thank you very much for hosting us. And great questions. Thank you to all of the community members that turned up and anybody in my team that I may have missed. I know Rod's on the call and anybody else. And really, really appreciate the time. Please get in touch. Do get active on Discord. Do ask as many questions as possible, any suggestions, improvements. We, we, we like to listen and we like to take on board feedback. So all of that is very much welcome. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, as well, on my side, especially the community, Andreas, and DDD Ventures for hosting this. And we're looking forward to see you in the Discord and Twitter spaces. Looking forward and to have you join the Cessna V2. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. And yeah, thank you to the community for joining in today. And it was a pleasure yeah, hosting this AMA with Entangle. So see you next time. Bye-bye. Likewise. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. This recording has been prepared and made available by VVV. It is for informational purposes only and should not be considered a solicitation to sell, buy or subscribe to any financial instruments or products. VVV does not express any opinion as to the present or future price of any instrument mentioned in this recording. The information provided in this recording is believed to be valid and accurate on the date it is first published, but VVV, along with its directors, officers and employees, does not accept any liability for any loss arising from the use of this information as it may change in the future without notice. Any decision made by a party after listening to this recording shall be on the basis of its own research and not based on the information and opinions provided by VVV.